Hi listeners, I'm Tim and welcome to the second episode of the International First News Podcast. This is the world's first and only international news podcast ever. Today is January 10th. We're going to look back at international news in the past week, headlines you may have missed due to the ongoing drama and chaos in the U.S., But that's exactly why I've started the podcast. We want to highlight stories from around the world that may be overshadowed by events in the U.S. and other Western countries. There are many reasons to do this, but perhaps one I'll highlight with this episode is because we want to highlight a common struggle that the world is facing. That includes everything from challenges posed by the climate crisis to rising right-wing politics. There are trends happening throughout the world, and we want to see if we can spot them. In a moment, we'll go through headlines and get our Fast Five top stories. But first, here's a message from our sponsor this week. Snakes are truly beautiful. They're fascinating to watch and great to have as pets. But sometimes we don't have the time we need to take care of our scaly friends. But that's where Jake's Great Snakes comes in. Look, it is time-consuming to constantly have to be walking your snake. Some snakes can walk tens of kilometers every day. And then you have to make sure they're molting okay, feed them live rats, and on top of it, make sure the cold-blooded demons are warm enough. Download Jake's Great Snakes app today, and you'll find a date for your snake. Jake's Great Snakes dates, make sure your snake stays great. Jake's Great Snakes dates do it all from walking your snake to giving it a fair shake with heating and feeding. Not a fan of human dates? Jake's Great Snakes also has primate dates, just in case you want an ape to take care of your snake. And the prices are reasonable as well. Jake's Great Snakes ape dates has rates that are unbeatable. Jake's Great Snakes Dates and Apes is also introducing grape shakes for your snake. That's grape shakes from Jake's Great Snakes, Dates and Apes, and always a fair rate. And there's no debate. We need to save the snakes. That's why Jake's Great Snakes needs you to save the date for February 8th for Jake's Great Snakes Save the Snakes charity event. There will be a raffle. Check out their website for more info. That's Jake's Great Snakes Dates and Apes Fair Rates dot com slash February 8th. Save the snakes. Whoa, that was a that was a tough read. Um, all right, let's go on to the headline. Mexican President Andreas Manuel López Obrador is criticizing big tech over their censoring of U.S. President Donald Trump. AMLO said on Friday, private companies deciding who can be silenced goes against freedom of speech. He likened it to a holy inquisition, saying a censorship court is being created to manage public opinion. Japan has issued a state of emergency for the greater Tokyo region. The move, which went into effect on Friday, was in response to the area seeing a spike in coronavirus infections. Japan received praise for its initial handling of the COVID-19 outbreak in its country. NGO Human Rights Watch is calling on the UN-backed Libyan government to investigate claims of a mass grave in a town outside the capital. 
The group on Thursday quoted local officials who say at least 338 residents from the town of Tarhuna were reported missing. The report says the disappearances happened during a campaign by forces based in the eastern part of the country led by General Khalifa Haftar to take Tripoli. A Brazilian court has blocked President Bolsonaro's administration from confiscating medical supplies from the Sao Paulo municipal government. The city's governor has been in the crosshairs of Bolsonaro over a disagreement on vaccines. Bolsonaro has been pushing for European inoculations, while Sao Paulo Governor Joao Doria says the Chinese option is just as viable. A late-stage trial in Brazil found the leading Chinese vaccine, Sinovac, to be 78% effective. If you thought 2020 was the hottest year ever, you're not far off. Data published Friday from the Copernicus Climate Change Service reveals last year was tied with 2016 for the title. The European Institute blamed high temperatures in the Arctic and Siberia. It came as the UK's Met Office predicted CO2 levels this year will be 50% higher than before the Industrial Revolution in the 18th century. Now let's get to our Fast Five. Number one, a Pakistan court has banned the use of an intrusive and controversial rape test. Monday's ruling came after civil rights activists filed a lawsuit with the court over the practice. The so-called two-finger test requires a medical examiner to insert two fingers into a woman's vagina. It's based on the claim that two fingers could not fit into a virgin woman's vaginal canal, which is then used as evidence as to whether or not the plaintiff was raped. The World Health Organization says the practice has no scientific merit. Number two, Indonesian authorities say they have found body parts and pieces of clothing during a search for the wreckage of a flight that crashed shortly after takeoff. Officials say the Boeing 737 took off Sunday morning and was carrying over 60 people. The New York Times says the incident has brought renewed attention to a nation long cursed by aviation disasters. Domestic carrier Lion Air Flight 610 crashed in 2008 in the Java Sea. It was the first major accident involving a Boeing 730 MAX plane, a series that was later grounded by airliners and called into question American regulators' approval of the aircraft. The aircraft in Sunday's incident, however, was not part of the 737 MAX series. Number 3. Election officials in the Central African Republic say provisional results show Faustin Archange Tuadera has been re-elected to a second term as president. Monday's announcement of preliminary results came amid voter fraud claims from observers and opposition candidates. The country's election commission reported late last month armed rebels forced 14% of voting polls to close. The bodies say they attacked voters and prevented election staff from entering. Tuadera's government blames the unrest on former president Francois Bozzesi. Bozzesi returned from exile a year ago and was barred from running in the election. He is accused of joining up with armed groups aiming to destabilize the country and launch a coup. Number 4. This week, North Korea's ruling Workers' Party held their first Congress session in five years. 
DPRK leader Kim Jong-un admitted the economic plan announced during the last meeting was a near-total failure. The Hermit Kingdom has been even more shut off from the world during the pandemic after it sealed off its borders and halted international flights in an effort to stop infections from spreading into the country. Kim also spoke about the country's foreign policy. The one that grabbed the headlines the most was he vowed to boost North Korea's nuclear weapons capabilities. This was taken to be the country trying to gain leverage over the incoming Biden administration in the U.S. as he takes office later this month. Kim also underscored the need for North Korea to improve its relations with other countries, hinting at possible cozying of ties with South Korea and maybe even the U.S. And number five, and the last one, you've probably seen the headlines on this story by now. China's going back into lockdown after coronavirus cases were found. Here's a headline from NPR. Millions in China under new restrictions amid COVID-19 spike near Beijing. I'm in Beijing, so I thought I'd include this on the Fast Five. Here's a little more from that NPR article. These newest restrictions are drawing comparisons to the lockdown in Wuhan. Wuhan. So, a little background. This story is crazy in such a way I don't think it's been properly framed. And it just goes to show how Chinese officials are reacting to outbreaks. Let's back up a bit. Over 130 new cases were reported in the province of Hebei since January 2nd. What really concerned officials was these were largely community transmissions, meaning the source of these cases were unknown. They put in place measures such as stay-at-home orders in the city of Xintai and bringing the capital of Hebei, Shijiazhuang, to a grinding halt. Subways were shut down and no one was able to leave or come into the city. By Saturday, and in just under a week, over 10 million residents of Shijiazhuang were tested. That's in a city of about 12 million people. So that's putting in perspective this story for listeners outside of China. And to be frank, it's unnerving to hear Beijing was basically shut off to a province that surrounds the cities. But the numbers truly speak for themselves, that just over 100 cases of the coronavirus prompted officials to test an entire freaking city. They've done this before, most notably in Qingdao during a spike in cases late last year, so it's not unprecedented. But what is unprecedented is the speed they move in. I often find myself comparing the situation in China to back home in the U.S., and it's, it, it's just night and day, to say the least. So after the Fast Five, I thought I'd do a bit of analysis on a story that is utterly baffling to me. And I know it's a story that doesn't get much coverage, and it's from a part of the world that doesn't have many headlines that reach above the fold, Central Asia. So Kyrgyzstan is heading to the polls Sunday, January 10th. Voters will be casting ballots for the president as well as choosing between a parliamentary or presidential system or neither. Current President Sadir Japorov is poised to win another term. Japorov rose to power after violent protests erupted in October over disputed parliamentary election. Demonstrators took to the streets of the capital Bishkek, making claims of vote buying. This was an insane story if you followed it back then, but let's recap a bit as it all happened so fast. The first night, October 5th, protesters were forced out of the Alatu Square in the center of the city by police. 
The demonstrators then reclaimed the square the day after taking control of the White House, the building housing the president's offices, as well as the Supreme Council, where the country's parliament meets. That same day, October 6th, they freed former President Almazbek Atambayev and Sadir Japorov from prison. The country's Prime Minister Gubatbek Boronov then resigned. Japorov was appointed by the opposition to replace Boronov. Meanwhile, President Sorenbay Jinbekov was probably shaking in his boots. Opposition lawmakers then started to impeach President Jinbekov. The president declared a state of emergency October 9th and deployed troops to the capital. There were reports of gunfire throughout the night as clashes broke out. In the following days, former President Atambayev was arrested again and parliament elected Japorov as prime minister. Then, October 15th, Jinbekov resigns. Japorov declares himself acting president and is later made president by parliament. So it was the third time since 2005 protesters in Kyrgyzstan ousted a president and his government. So yeah, here we are now. Oh, and a little bit on Japorov. He's taken part in previous protests and was arrested and eventually exiled when he returned to the country in 2017. He was then imprisoned over allegations he kidnapped a former president. And then protesters freed Japorov in October, and Japorov is now president. All I want to know is what the hell is going on in Kyrgyzstan. Alright, so now we're nearing the end of the episode. I thought I'd read some listeners' comments. You too can comment on this podcast at internationalfirstnews at gmail.com. That's internationalfirstnews at gmail.com. Only got one. It's not bad for the first episode. Mind you, I have like zero followers on social media and I totally don't promote this podcast like at all. Comment here is from my mom. Oh, that's sweet. She says she's proud of me and also wants to know if I made an appointment with the dentist. Um, thanks, mom. I do need to go in for cleaning. This is kind of awkward, though. Uh, please send your comments so I don't have to read my mom's. Anyways, uh, that is it for this episode. Went on a bit longer today and delved into new stories. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to reach us at internationalfirstnews at gmail.com. This is Tim telling you to stay international. Bye for now.